Welcome to Fruit Snacks, a weekday podcast that covers big ideas about the Christian worldview in a bite-sized format. Hey everyone, welcome back to another week of Fruit Snacks. As we are continuing our discussion on doctrines and and core doctrines to the Christian faith, this week we're going to pivot once again and focus on the doctrine of salvation. We've already talked about the doctrines of sin and death and mankind and even the atonement, but from a bigger picture perspective, I wanted to kind of nail down exactly what the Bible teaches about salvation, about how it works, what it is, and what it isn't. So I wanted to start by looking at the basis for salvation in the Old Testament. And that's not something that we necessarily think of as New Testament Christians, but salvation was very much a part of the Old Testament. And the basis of salvation was actually identical to what we find in the New Testament, even pre-cross. And what do I mean by that? Well, go with me to Genesis 15, 6. And in Genesis 15, 6, we see this is about Abraham. God makes a promise to Abraham. And it says in Genesis 15, 6, that Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. Now, James goes on in the New Testament to discuss other things about Abraham and how he was justified by his works. But the example that James cites in there, the sacrifice or the the willingness to sacrifice Isaac, occurred way after what we find in Genesis 15. And that means that the righteousness that Abraham incurred for his belief occurred before he did anything of his own. So his righteousness has nothing to do with his works. It has to do with his belief. And we can say that because belief is the only thing that we see associated with Abraham in this verse in Genesis 15, 6. So what are we to take from this? Well, in the Old Testament, God asked for his people to believe and to be loyal to his promises, that when he promised something, when he gave his word, he asks that you believe him, that you trust in him, that you truly are loyal to those promises, that you place your faith in them. And it was on that basis that God accounted righteousness to Abraham. And that is why I can say that in the New Testament, salvation works identically. If we look at Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for example, which are some very often cited verses about the way salvation works, that it is a gift of God, of his grace. It's not of our works. It has nothing to do with our works. And we see even in probably the most well-known Bible verse of all time, John 3.16, that it is whoever believes will have life in Jesus' name. And in John 3.36, that believing is the basis for eternal life. Not our own works, not anything that we can add to it. It is only belief. Now, in the New Testament, what is that belief in? In Abraham's case, in Genesis 15, it was belief that what God promised he would do, he would do. Namely, that he would bring about a line through Abraham, even though Abraham and Sarah were too old to have children, that ultimately would bless the entire world. 
Abraham believed that promise, and it is essentially a future promise of redemption of all humankind that God is promising Abraham. So Abraham is looking forward to a future fulfillment of the promise that God made him. Whereas in the New Testament era, we look behind us to that fulfillment, which is Jesus on the cross, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. But it's the same. God promised us that he has made a way of salvation. And that way of salvation has been revealed as Jesus Christ. And so the question is that God has said, this is the way of salvation. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. So the question, just like Abraham, is do we believe what God said? If God said, this is my plan for salvation, this is the means that I have provided, are you going to believe God? Are you going to trust that what he said is really the case? And are you going to be loyal to his promise of of eternal life made possible through Jesus, or are you not? So it has always been by belief in God's promises and our loyalty and trust to those promises that we obtain salvation, whether that's in the Old Testament or the New Testament. But that raises a question that we hear often in our current day and age, at least. And honestly, it was one that Paul encountered at certain points back in the early church, because it's this idea that if if belief is all that's required, then doesn't that make things too easy? Can't we just basically pray a prayer and that's it? Paul dealt with this very same question back in Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. I'm going to go ahead and read those to you here. Paul writes, starting in verse 1 of chapter 6, What shall we say then? Are do we continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. I want to read you a related verse over in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8 which says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. So once again, if we go back to our our Genesis 1 in context, this whole idea that when God creates, he creates with a function, with a purpose, and an end in mind. The same is true of salvation. Salvation isn't even the end in and of itself. Salvation is a means to an end. God is making a way for us to come back into right relationship with him, which is essentially salvation, so that we can walk in newness of life, so that we can have renewed fellowship and relationship with God, so that we can fulfill the goal for mankind, which God always had from the beginning of creation, which is that we rule and reign with him, that we partner with him, and that we enjoy him and the creation that he's made. Salvation is what allows us to obtain and achieve those goals which God has for us. And so walking in this newness of life, showing these good works and doing all these things is why uh, or is is intended to be the outcome of salvation, but it isn't salvation in and of itself. Salvation 
only comes through belief. That is the standard that we see in Scripture. So even though good works are intended to follow salvation, they are by no means a part of our salvation, nor do they guarantee our salvation. So we we find ourselves at this sort of weird little intersection where I'm not affirming that praying a prayer and just saying the right words is enough to save a person because this continuing loyalty and continuing belief and trust in what God has promised is necessary. You don't get to just pray a prayer and then turn around and not continue to believe it. You must continue to believe. However, continuing to believe does not necessarily correlate with acting a certain way and only doing a certain number of sins or not doing a certain kind of sin, our behavior, our performance is not what continuing to believe means. So on the one hand, praying a prayer, saying the magic words is is not what we are talking about with belief, but neither is always acting perfect or making it about our performance or our continued sanctification either. And so in the episodes this week, I want to sort of look more in depth at each of those sides and to hopefully give us a balanced perspective on exactly what sanctification looks like and how it plays into this doctrine of salvation. 